Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. As I woke up this morning, I'm not going to say woke me up, but as I woke up this morning, I heard the word 2020 vision. And um, it goes along with the prophetic words that were given this morning. 2020 vision. Uh, The Lord is going to give you a vision to see beyond what you've normally seen. Believe God's going to be opening up doors where you saw darkness. You're going to begin to see light. You know, we don't measure, we don't actually measure darkness. We measure light. We don't actually measure cold. We measure heat. Now, if you're measuring cold, you're not scientific. How many of you thought about how cold it was this morning? I want to give you another perspective. On Pluto, at times it gets 387 degrees below zero. That's cold. (laughs) Even though it's not cold, as we measure heat, that's the lack of, thereof. But anyway, we've got to have the perspective, and uh, I want to... Uh, had this word this morning. I think it, well, it came from one of the songs, I believe. If not, it just, the Lord dropped this in my spirit. It's from, well, the, the song, well, actually, the Lord dropped this in my spirit. Our God reigns. How lovely on the mountain are the feet of them that bring good news and declare that our God reigns. You know, the messenger that gave the message, our God reigns, was giving it to a people that couldn't see the victory. The messenger was coming from the battle, running to where the battle wasn't. And he was declaring, our God reigns. You might not be able to see the victory. You might not be able to sense the victory. You might not be able to feel the victory. But there is a messenger declaring, our God reigns. I'd like to read this scripture. This is not my message, but in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8, it says, but, he sa- but to the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness. You have loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions or more than your fellows. How many of you want to be anointed with the the oil of joy? I'll tell you what, you you might need to get a little more demonstrative in your life. 
You might need to come out of your shell. You might need to drop Mr. Cool off at the door and begin to declare our God reigns. You might need to begin to declare a laughter when no one else is laughing. You say, oh, well, well, we're in dark times. No, we don't measure darkness. We measure the light. We don't measure how cold it is. We measure how hot it is. Do you believe in the fire of God? Do you believe that God is doing things in the earth today? Do you believe that His presence is with us? Our God is a consuming fire. It burns some, but it warms the rest of us. I, I, uh, I remember years ago, I, I had a sermon, well done. You're either going to hear well done or well done, good and faithful servant. What, which one do you want? <laughs> I want the well done, good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. But we need to receive the message of God's grace, God's love, God's power, God's anointing, because it is for us today. We're not just reading a book about what happened 2,000 years ago or what happened thousands of years ago. We're reading a book that is telling us what God has done and wants to do in your life today, and not only today, but He's. the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. That's why you're going to have 2020 vision because spiritually because you're going to see beyond what other people can't see. You know, uh, in my house, it's never nighttime because there's lights on in every room. And we've been discussing this for years. And finally, Melody said, I can't see in the dark. And I realized I can see in the dark. I don't need a lot of light. I mean, there is a light that shines from Millersburg into my bedroom. You know, it's not a a searchlight. It's just a light that I see. And that is enough for me to see in my room. With no other lights on. So I thank God that God's given me that ability to be, I don't don't need much light. Now, sometimes I have to use my hands to walk around because I don't want to stub my toe and lose my Christianity. I mean, uh, and say hallelujah real loud. Thank you, Lord. You think I'm just being funny. Hallelujah. (laughs) But anyway. God is going to give us prophetic insight and and eyes to see because he is empowering us by his spirit. And actually, the title of this message would be Empowered for 2020. Empowered for 2020. Do you want to be empowered for 2020? Well, the Bible already has given you that grace for 2020. You know... A good, a good New Year's resolution for 2020 would be a greater dependency upon the strength and the power of the Lord. You say, well, Pastor, I am dependent on the Lord. 
Well, I want to see how dependent you are. God wants to see how dependent you are. You say, well, I'm dependent upon the Lord. Then my first question would be, how much time do you spend in prayer with God? Because if the less prayer you have, the less dependent you are upon the Most High. You know, there is no high like the Most High. My brother, uh, at, before he was saved, was actually into the occult and stuff like that. And he would, uh, when I would go over to his house, he would say, hey, do you want to get high? That was with marijuana cigarettes. I said, I'm already high. He says, what do you got? I said, I got Jesus. Oh, I don't want to hear that stuff. I don't want to hear that stuff. Well, I was empowered. I wasn't just given a Christian phrase. I was telling him the truth. I am empowered and I'm high because I'm around the Most High. I'm around the Most High. Thank you, Jesus. You know, a lot of times we confess that we're dependent upon the Lord, yet we fail to seek Him in the power of of his spirit. You know, I'm not going to, some of you, this, this material might be new, but all I, I can tell you from scriptures that we've read and quoted, we've got to activate. You've heard me talk about the scripture in Jude, but you, beloved, building up yourselves, praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm not just talking about the mumbling of tongues, even though that's fine. Sometimes you need to be quiet. They might arrest you if you're in Weiss or Walmart. Of course, some of the things you see in Walmart, hey, you just fit right in. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, uh, I had a Bible school professor, and he had a good sense of humor. I mean, he was good, and he, you know, played the guitar and sang. I can't tell you, because some of you might not appreciate the humor, but I, uh, I started following him on Facebook. <laughs> and uh, did anybody know the song, Mac the Knife? Mac the knife, okay. Well, he has converted that into a full-fledged Christian song. I've got it on my phone. I thought, man, that's good. And I text him back, and I said, hey, Bobby Darren would be jealous. I think Bobby Darren sang it. I can't. I don't, know, I don't know the words. But I did start singing it in tongues. And, you know, you can do things... To get out of yourself. I'm just going to do that for you. Just to show you what you can do. You've got to get, you've got to put down Mr. Cool. See, Mr. Cool wouldn't do this. Mr. Respectable wouldn't do this. Because he's got to look respectable. Besides one of the prophetic words, which I actually got this morning and in the past, the word demonstrative came out. I don't know who gave that word. 
Is that you, Loretta? No, no, it's Tracy. That's what I'm with Tracy. <laughs> but anyway, she said demonstrative. Well, you're demonstrative, so anyway. But you've got to get out. We used to sing a song, Set My Spirit Free. But you know what? God's singing it back to you. Set my spirit free. Because you, got, you have the spirit of God locked up in prison and won't let him out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In dosea, non dosio, rambosea. This is Mac the Knife in tongues. Erode, ambosea, rondo sotio, rambosea, redeo, rimbosea, heledoro, ambosea, reo mai, urosea, rombosoteo, rambosotea, rambosea. Now, don't get after me and say, well, there's no interpretation, so you shouldn't have done that. I'm edifying myself. He who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. He who speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. I'm getting edified so I can preach this message to you. You don't want some dry preacher, do you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you know what? We've read, some of us have read self-help books. There's nothing wrong with self-help books, but if all you're doing is getting yourself, if you're helping yourself, you're not going to have much success. But if you add to that the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to succeed and you're going to go far beyond what the book says. Hallelujah. So we have some uh, scriptures uh, I'll just give you the first one. Familiar scripture, Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. It says, the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Who in the world is Zerubbabel? Anybody know who Zerubbabel is? Right. Zerubbabel was responsible for rebuilding the temple after the Babylonians had destroyed it. So he was commissioned by God and also by King Cyrus, who was a heathen king that God had prophesied 145 years before his birth, prophesied and said, Cyrus is going to release my people and he is going to pay for the rebuilding of my temple. That doesn't say it in that exact words, but that's exactly what it meant. So do you know that even before God gives you a commission to do something, he already provides the resources that you are to have even before you're even born. Come on. So don't worry about how am I going to do this? How am I going to get the money? God knows where the money's at. God knows what you need. If he tells you to do something, he's already provided for it. And he's already given you the strength to do it. The scripture says, the Lord is the strength of my life. 
The only thing is you have to act like you got the strength before the strength comes to you. There was a man by the name of, I've got this book by, by the name of uh, Don Basham. And his wife was sick and she was declining. And, uh, you know, they were praying and they were doing all this stuff and she wasn't getting better. And so he was reading Psalm 27. Anybody know about Psalm 27? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. And all of a sudden, he gets a, a, an, an illumination in his spirit. And he says to his wife, Honey, do you know that the Lord is the strength of your life? And she got up out of that bed, and she started walking and it wasn't just a miraculous healing. She had to walk with it that the Lord is the strength of my life. She had to walk with it. There's a difference between a miracle and a healing. It's a miracle when it happens to you. It's a healing when it happens to someone. No, no, that's not that. It is a miracle when it's instantaneous. Bam! It is a healing when there is a process. Either way, be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Thank you, Lord. So let's get back to Zerubbabel. So the message was to Zerubbabel, who was responsible. See, the reason they destroyed that temple, several reasons. One, it was overlaid with gold. The it wasn't solid gold. It was overlaid with gold. So they started a fire in the temple so that the gold would melt and run down so they could collect it. And then it ran down into the cracks of the other stone. So they had to break that apart. The Romans did the same thing. It's 70 AD. So all there was was, was a big pile of rocks. And so that's what Zerubbabel saw was a big pile of rocks and it looked like a mountain. And the Lord said to him, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Who are you, O great mountain? Who are you, O great mountain? What's the mountain in your life? Who are you, O great mountain? Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel that you shall become a plain. Hallelujah. And he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. You know what? When, you're fin- when you are completing something that God has given you to do, and you begin to see the hand of God in it, you start shouting grace. Grace. You're not shouting how great you are. You're shouting of God's grace and God's mercy. Grace, grace to it. But you know what he says? Who are you, O great mountain? You know, and then we want to apply Mark eleven twenty three. 
Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Now some things you have to speak to, and some things you have to speak to, and you have to put your hands to the work. You have to put your hands to the work. God says, I want you to do this, but there is manual labor involved. Sometimes the manual labor could be prayer. Sometimes the manual labor could be going out and doing something. Sometimes the, the, the manual labor is prayer, and then you go speak. As I've told you before, Jesus really didn't pray for too many people. His prayer was done with the Father when everybody else was sleeping. You know, the Bible says that Jesus sometimes prayed all night, and sometimes he got up early in the morning before everybody else got up. He had his time with the Father, and then when he went to people, he started commanding the sickness to leave. He started commanding the sickness to leave, and the sickness left. But sometimes we just want to speak to the mountain. You know, uh, uh, I learned a lot when I went to Brazil, and I learned a lot when I went to um, Ecuador. And when I went to uh, Brazil, we had, it was miracles, you know. Tumor shrinking under your hand. I mean, I'm as shocked as they are. <laughs> Isn't that right? Uh, I can't think of anybody's names this morning. <laughs> Lynn, yeah. Lynn and Gretchen. There for a while I was calling Gretchen Lynn. and uh, Yeah. But anyway, she forgave me. But what I learned in Brazil was they, we had all-night prayer. Now, we didn't have to stay up all night. But every hour, there was another group that prayed. So all night long, we had prayer. And then when we got to the place, then God started bam, bam, bam. There was a guy, just, I'll just give you a one more, but there was a guy, he was an older guy, you know, older than me at the time, <laughs> but uh, he had emphysema, couldn't hardly breathe, and the Lord spoke to me and said, tell him to take deep breaths, breathe, breathe deeply. That's like telling somebody they, that can't do something to do it, so he did it about three or four times, and bam, it was over. He said, it's gone. But there was all-night prayer the night before. Now, I didn't stay up all night, but we took turns. We took turns. Who are you, O great mountain? Who are you? What's standing in your way? Who are you, great mountain? Who was that that says, talking about Goliath, David and Goliath this morning? David and Goliath. Well, you can say, who are you? Because you know you got somebody behind you. 
you got big brother standing behind you, you can be real mean and nasty when you got big brother standing behind you and he's going to take care of it. Except for one time. My brother, my brother was head and shoulders above every kid in his class. And he ran home every night from, from three or four kids, and the one kid was the sh- one of the shortest kids in the class. Every night he'd run, you know, run home, because these kids were chasing him. So one night or one afternoon or what, whenever it was, after school, he was running by me, and I just reached out and grabbed him. Grabbed him by the, by the shoulder, the clothes. And I said, if you don't go back there and beat those kids, now uh, this, I'm going to make this spiritual, so don't worry about it. If you don't go back there and beat those kids, then I'm going to beat you. Well, he, you know, lightning fast calculation, he would rather take his chances on them. So he went back there with his Zorro lunch bucket. <laughs> Remember Zorro? Yeah. And, he, you know, they had a little thermos in them, too. And he started beating those kids in the head. You know, they never chased him home again. They actually became friends. Some of the, some of the friends that you get close to are people you have to beat up, you know, or beat you up. But anyway, a lot of times we're running home, running to daddy, running to the father. And father says, hey, I give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. In my name, you shall cast out demons. You will speak with new tongues. You'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Hallelujah. Are you getting empowered for 2020? (laughs) Glory to God. So, if you want a strong year in 2020, hear from the Holy Spirit and obey Him. Because I'm not just telling you just go do your thing. I'm telling you to get with Jesus, get with the Holy Spirit, let him speak to you, and then he'll tell you what to do, and it might seem impossible. You might even say, God, I can't do that, and God says, I know, but I'm here. I am with you even unto the end of the world. The power, the might, not by might nor my power, that's your human resources. That is either you thinking you can do it, or you thinking somebody else can help you. But no, he says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Thank you, Lord. So the mountain, again, was the destroyed temple. Satan comes as a thief to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Let me just say this. Whether it's your fault or not, whether it's your fault, sometimes... You're in a mess because you caused it. Sometimes it's the devil. Sometimes it's other circumstances. But that doesn't matter. Even if you were dumb, even if you made poor choices, even if you did things you shouldn't have done, God is able to turn it around. 
Lady in the midnight hour. God's going to turn it around. He's going to work in your favor. He's going to turn it around and around. (laughs) Some of you don't remember that song. We actually sang that song here. And the kids were stomping on on the thing, and it sounded so cool. Actually, it came from a church in Harrisburg, but... God's going to turn it around and around. In the midnight hour, when you think it's all is lost, he's going to turn it around. Thank you, Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Are you in the process of rebuilding your temple? Rebuilding your temple. So the real work, there's real work involved, but the Holy Spirit is called alongside to help. Now, uh, there is a Greek word for that is used in the New Testament for the Holy Spirit, and the word, uh, one word, well, one word is pneuma. Pneuma is what uh, is just basically translated air. You know, some of you are shallow breathers. Shallow breathers. You don't. You know, t- you know, if you would just start breathing, taking deep breaths, you'd start feeling better, just even emotionally. Sometimes when, when, when I'm weary, feeling small, when, oh, oh that's another, <laughs> ridge over troubled waters. Anyway, just start breathing, start breathing deeply. Sometimes you're depriving your brain of air, of oxygen. Just breathe. That's why sometimes I tell people, just breathe. Just breathe. Take, take deep breaths. But another name for the Holy Spirit is paraclete. Paraclete. That's one called alongside to help. But I want to just give you a little thing. One called alongside to help is not one called alongside to do it. When you put your hand to it, then the Holy Spirit will come along to help you. Say, Pastor, I thought you were going to make me feel good. I am empowering you. You know, I wasn't in the Marines, thank God. But in boot camp, we did have to do exercises. Push-ups. Sit-ups. I didn't feel good. Did not feel good. But it was empowering. You know, God will ask, God will have you do things that you feel is uncomfortable. But it's empowering. He will empower you. Thank you, Jesus. So, in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, he says this, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth. Help. He helps you. Romans 8, 26, Likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities. Infirmities, there's weaknesses. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Have you ever just... Have you ever just felt like you should pray, but didn't know what you should pray for? 
Well, this is what this is about. He says, Likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities, our weaknesses, for we know not what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, we're going to apply this to speaking in tongues. One Greek uh, scholar said, to speak with, to speak with un, uh, inarticulate speech. Thank you. It's good to have a preacher for a wife. Because she's heard it before. To speak with inarticulate speech, that doesn't mean that God can't understand it. That just means maybe you don't understand it or the person next to you doesn't understand it. But the Spirit, that it is inspired by the Spirit. It's inspired by the Spirit. And again, I'll just remind you, set His Spirit free. Set His Spirit free that 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 He might help you anyway. Verse 27, he who searches the hearts, he there is Jesus. Jesus searches the hearts and knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. How many of you know that when you pray according to the will of God, God hears you, and if he hears you, then you know that you have the petition that you desire of him. So if you're praying in line with the Spirit, you are praying according to the will of God, and you're going to get what you need. Thank you, Lord. Verse 28. Now, a lot of times we just quote this alone. But the reality is, is you have to put twenty, verse 26, 27, and 28 together. What is 28? And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. Therefore, He's saying, if you will work with the Spirit, then all things will work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. And that's not all of it. I didn't write the next scriptures down, but the next scriptures are conforming you into the image of his son, Jesus. This is all about God's will, not your will. Well, my will, I, you know, my wife doesn't like cruises anymore. But I'd kind of like to go on a cruise. She don't like me going because it's all you can eat. It's tough. That, that's, what, that's what it is. It's all you can eat, man. You know, I'd go, I'd be in good shape, and by the time I got back, I was out of shape. So that's the kind of thing we want. We want to cruise. We want to be, you know, we want everything good. But God says, no, I don't think you need that right now. I think you need to go to boot camp. So you say, no, Lord, get thee behind me, Satan. You know, you quit calling God Satan now. He's not calling, you know, we're not, God's not here to make it hard on you, but he wants to make you strong because you are going to go into some battles. That's why the scripture says, uh, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to 
stand against the wiles of the enemy, the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now, sometimes wrestling against flesh and blood is worshiping the Most High God. It is in worship that, it, that the enemy is put under our feet. Sometimes it is taking authority. Behold, I give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Sometimes it is commanding. I command you to come out. I command you sickness to leave. I command you pain to go in the name of Jesus. Oh, but we need to pray about that. No, he already told you to do it. Why you need to ask God if it's his will when he already told you to do it? Already told you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So the Spirit helps us when we apply the prayer that he's given us. Hallelujah. Prayer, let me just say this. I mentioned it before, but prayer is a way of humbling ourselves before God. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will lift you up. He will lift you up. You know what? When he lifts you up, it's not as much of a strain. There's no strain when he lifts you up. How many, You know, sometimes just getting out of bed is a strain. You know I lift over 250 pounds every morning getting out of bed. Wow. I'm trying to reduce that, but... Uh, Thank you, Jesus. In the context of the scripture, God is conforming you into the image of his son. Don't resist what he's doing. Don't re the Bible says to submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and the devil will flee from you. God ain't going to flee. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Well... That was the introduction. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let me just uh, conclude with Genesis chapter 1. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, I believe that that earth was perfect. But then something happened. It says, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. The whole earth was covered with water. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And the Bible says that God spoke, let there be light. So again, the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Spirit of God was hovering over without form, void, and the darkness. Your life might be void. Your life might be darkness. Your life might be out of order. But the Spirit of God is hovering there. He's hovering. And it's not just hovering, you know, there's a, an energy, a vibration. And what is the Spirit of God waiting for? The Spirit of God is waiting for the Word of God to be spoken. He's waiting for the, oh, God, speak a word, speak a word. God said, I've spoken it, now I want you to speak it. 
I want you to speak that word. I want you to speak that life. I want you to speak that strength. I want you to speak that order. Bring it into order. The Spirit is hovering. The Spirit is waiting. He's waiting for you to speak it so that God, who's already spoken, can activate the power of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about empowering your life. Are you speaking what God speaks about you, or are you speaking about the darkness? Are you speaking about the darkness? The Bible Bible said about David, he looked in the mirror and he said, Behold, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous, Lord, are the works of your hands. Marvelous are the works of your hands. Can you say that? Say it. Marvelous. Lord. Just say just repeat after me. Lord. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are the works of your hands. Because you are made. Now, don't even say that. Because you are made in the image of God. When we, and even when we speak contrary about other people, God says, why are you speaking against me? Remember what he said to Saul of Tarsus? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? What was Saul doing? He was persecuting Christians. And God says, hey, buddy, God will speak in your language. He told he I remember one I remember one of the first times I recognized God spoke to me. He said, Hey Jack. And my name ain't Jack. But he got my attention. Just step out the back, Jack. No. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And I'm gonna be truthful and stop. But this is my closing. Thank you, Jesus. The, um, you know, oh, man, I didn't even get to the benefits. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I was reading a book yesterday. It's an old book. And, you know, the, the book is good. It said, uh, you know, we're always telling people believe, believe, believe. And it said, uh, and it went to Acts chapter 16 where the jailer came, you know, after the earthquake and every, everyone, the doors, the prison doors were open and everyone's bands were loose. And the, uh, Paul, actually the guy was going to commit suicide because he, he didn't want to face his superiors for losing people. And Paul said, hey, don't hurt yourself. Everybody's here. You know, you don't want to you don't want to leave the presence of God even if you're in prison. Doesn't matter where you're at. If Jesus is there, that's where you want to be. So the uh, jailer said, "Bring me a light. Bring me a light." And the man said, "What must?" He fell on his knees and said, "What must I do to be saved?" 
And the apostle said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You shall be saved in your house. And that's all we give people. But you know that Paul actually preached to him after that. And he told him, you know, we tell people they need a savior. Why do you need a savior? Why do you need a savior? You out in, not radio land. (laughs) TV land. Internet land. Why do you need a savior? Well, Isaiah 53 verse 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. What have we done? We've rejected God. We said, God, we don't need your way. I want my way. And I did it my way. Did it my way. That's the way we want to do it. But God says, you've, every one of you have turned from, gone to your own way. And the Lord has laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. 1 Peter 2.24, who his own self bear our sins in his body on the tree, that we having died to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. Jesus had to go to the tree. And do you know the Bible says cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree? Jesus had to go to the tree to take our curse on him so that we could be free from the curse. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. How do I get that gift of eternal life? I'm glad you asked. Romans 10.9 and 10, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus that Jesus is your Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You have to believe that he died on the cross for your sins, and then God says, okay, he took care of it, now he raised him from the dead. He says, if you believe that, you'll be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, so you have to believe it in your heart, Confess it with your mouth, and you'll, uh, you confess with your mouth uh, unto salvation. And lastly, Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Because some people don't, don't go through the Romans road. Some people just say help. Some people say, God, if you're there. That's all God needs. He doesn't need the Romans road. He needs a heart that's open and a heart that says, God, I need your help because my way ain't working. My way does not work. But God, I'm going to put my life in your hands. And I believe. And then God will will teach you the Romans road if you so need to. But he will teach you. He'll take you step by step. But bless God, you know that you won't even get here until the Holy Spirit moves on you. Jesus said, no one comes unto me unless the Father 
draws him. How does the Father draw him? By the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. So let me ask you a question. Do you want to be empowered? Do you want to have a 2020 that is empowered? Then open your heart to the Holy Spirit. Be don't just open your heart, but get actively involved with, the, with what the Spirit is doing. You say, I don't know what the Spirit is doing. Then start talking in tongues or start talking to him. Spirit, help me, and he will help you, and your life will be activated. He might even tell you to get demonstrative. When, that, when I first got that prophetic word, it was years ago. I was a reserved preacher. You want to hear this? You just want to go home. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm going to look at uh, Gretchen. I would get up and preach. This was in the storefront. I would get up and preach. And after my message, I would go back and kind of stand against the wall. Because I didn't want to talk to anybody. It's a long story, but because I was a shy person, a hurt person in all sorts of things. I didn't want to talk to anybody. So Melody became the PR. She was the public relations. And she would go around doing, doing everything. Well, hallelujah. God wants to get you away from the wall. Well, I got a prophetic word. It says, you're going to be demonstrative. And that sounded bad to me. <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to be a monster. But I looked it up. How many of you got a Webster's Dictionary? Well, I discovered what it was. And I didn't do this on purpose, but all of a sudden I'd be preaching. I'd jump up on the chair. I'm not going to do it now. <laughs> I was 20, 35 years older or younger. Anyway, whatever. But I'd jump up on the chairs and I'd start preaching. And I didn't even think about it. Just did it. Why? Because the prophetic word was spoken. The word was spoken and the Holy Spirit began to move in my life. You get those prophetic words in church. You get those prophetic words over there. You don't have to try to make them come to pass. A lot of times they just will. So, in Jesus' name, where is the healing team? 